now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, hop along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, good evening, Southern California, and welcome to the last edition of Rod and Reel Radio for 2018. I am indeed your underfish toast. Hop along, John Cassidy. And I'm sorry to say I didn't get a chance to use up all of my 2018 fishing license this year. So <laughs> I'm going to have to buy a new and go out and try and use that thing up next year. Hey, welcome everyone to the show. I know there's a lot of things that you can be doing out there right now, but I got to tell you, Rod and Reel Radio should be number one in your list starting at 5.05 p.m. on Sunday evenings. We've got a great show lined up for you tonight, especially this being our last show of the year. We've invited two of our special friends with us that I think you're going to want to hear what they're doing. And let me tell you just what's in store for you tonight. First of all, we have outdoorsman and TV personality, executive producer of a Destination Baja, and all-around good guy, Bill Boyce, is going to be with us. We're going to catch up with Bill, see what he's been doing, see what's happening, not only in 2018, but what's happening in 2019 for him. And then at the 6 o'clock hour, hey, this guy deals in fulfilling bucket list request. He is the owner of Anglers Inn International. He'll take you to the Amazon for the best of peacock fishing, but at the same time, you can get the best of largemouth fishing at his resorts in uh, Mexico, just outside of Mazatlan, fishing El Salto and Lake Picacho. Mr. Billy Chapman Jr. is going to be with us, and we're going to talk all about Anglers Inn International and those destinations. But before we get to this, hey, let me introduce to you first my co-host. They've been on Rod and Reel Radio here forever, and let's hope we get the opportunity to stay together here for a few more years. First of all, this individual is the voice of 1-800-BASS BOAT and a pretty darn good fresh and saltwater fisherman in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, howdy. How do you do, John? Great to hear your voice here. Been uh, through the Christmas vacation, and now I've got a project. I I decided to organize the tackle in my garage, which is a daunting vigil. It's like putting together a new tackle shop, but everything's in boxes and not listed. So you're <laughs> going one by one through boxes and try to put them in little clear plastic containers that you can actually see what's in there. So uh, I'm about... It's been two days' worth of work, and I'm not there yet. <laughs> wow. I would need a um, a dump truck and a front loader to clean out my garage. How about you, Wendy? Oh, my goodness. I would need more than that. 
It's horrible. I've got cattle in my garage, in my bedroom, in my spare bedroom, and in my living room. Um, well, I, I'm hey, just talking about getting some of the bass gear into a little bin so I know what's in there. Not the rest of it, just the bass, the freshwater stuff. I got tournaments <laughs> coming up, uh, one this weekend, and then four more in the next six weeks. So it'll be busy. You know, that uh, rose that you hear that is the thorn between my voice and Stan's is the lady that is the national sales manager for Iserline. And she represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. She's also quite an accomplished fisherman and hunter. Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how are you doing now? I'm doing pretty good. Got to get out on the water yesterday. It was a little choppy and windy with some small craft warnings. But we got the dogs out and we took them into the bay and we were uh, throwing bumpers for them. And they were retrieving in the ocean. It was awesome. Wow, that's, that's great. great. Well, you know, guys, I know we had a good Christmas season, and uh, I just uh, just a fast check. Uh, Stan, let's start with you. Did Santa leave anything exciting under your fish Christmas tree? Well, let me think about that. I have, uh, you know, there's everything's exciting. I mean, <laughs> if it's new, you know, it's always good. I <laughs> uh, ended up with uh, a a reel that I wanted. I uh, ended up with, you know, some clothing. It's always good, you know. I mean, there's all of the normal stuff that you would want for, for Christmas, I guess. You know, we, we had a real quiet Christmas, first time in years uh, that Margaret and I were actually just kind of home alone. So I invited a buddy of mine, Jeff Larson. Wendy knows him really well. and He came over because he wasn't doing anything, and we just sat around all day, watched TV, laughed, and, and, and had cocktails. It was not bad. And and big you mean you didn't get a new pizza flipper or something like that for that outdoor oven of yours? Well, you know, I no, we got one of those a little earlier, actually. We've gone through the experimental stages on that. I can actually cook a pizza now. Of course, you know, if you're going to cook a pizza in that oven, you, you start around noon, putting wood in it, and you get it uh, got to get it up to like six or 700 degrees, which takes about four hours to get the coals or so, right? Then you put your stuff on your pizza. It takes you a couple of minutes to get that ready. And you slide the pizza in there, and you turn it a couple of times, and you lift it up just a little higher into the dome, and then you bring it back out two minutes later, and your wood's still burning for the next couple of days, and that's your pizza. Is there anything like uh, blackened fish or uh, steaks or, or, or something that you know us guys that are on the keto diet or something might be able to partake in? Oh, absolutely. The first thing I did was a tri-tip. I threw a tri-tip in there on a rack, seasoned it, and I went, wonder how this is going to work. Because, you know, it's all an experiment. I don't know how, how this thing worked until we kind of started playing with it. But the first thing I did, I go, man, it's got, got a good smoke coming out of it while you're getting ready. And, I've, and you've got a little laser beam thing you can shoot into there and it tells you how hot it is. But I put a tri-tip in there and cooked fairly rapidly. But you, you have a, a hotter spot than cooler spots, and I moved it to the cooler spots. It came out absolutely great. Then I put some fish in there on a rack, and it came out great. Uh, and, um, I think we did some chicken in there, and, and we've kind of played around with what it can do. I want to learn how to cook bread in it, see if I can make sourdough. Oh, that would be neat. Now, now Wendy, we know the, the elegant 
lady that you are <laughs> that there were probably a lot of wishes that you have for something uh, for Santa to leave underneath your tree and what uh, what was one of the main items that you got? Well, you know, I'm just not your typical female. So <laughs> I received you got a thousand uh, rounds I, of ammo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I received my fishing license from Merritt, oh, and good. my daughter bought me a tiller attachment for my Troy built weed whacker. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, Wendy, I know that you are, uh, you know. Yeah, quite the uh, the the grower in your your garden over there. So you have quite a garden. So are you composting and everything like that, and growing uh, uh, a lot of vegetables? Or are you a flyer flower person, or are you like me and just keep a nice crop of weeds going in their front yard? Well, you know, to me, it's a waste to have flowers. You can't eat them. Well, you can <laughs> some of them, but. I grow everything. I hardly ever go grocery shopping, and and I grow everything in my backyard. So, you know, tilling and weed whacking is a must for me. You know, uh, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're taking a little time right now to chit-chat. We're having a difficult time uh, getting a hold of our first guest, Bill Boyce. So Otto is doing that even as we speak. So we're going to be talking about some of the current things that are that are happening here uh, in the fishing area and in our lives right now. So stay tuned. Hopefully we'll be able to make the connection with Bill. So now, John, yes. one of the one of the neat things that I get to do though is anytime, you know, I harvest an animal, a fish or whatever, I can use the carcasses, whether it's in soup or, you know, fertilizing my garden. So you know that's you know, a, that's a pretty cool deal right there. Oh, wow. yeah, and, and not to mention, I also have chickens, so I use the chicken manure, too, to help fertilize. It's high in nitrogen. Well, you know, uh, uh, Wendy, I know you're of Japanese ancestry, but do you use a lot of those bones and, and do a marrow soup or something like that? Do you, do you have pho in your, or pho in your diet also? Uh, I cook all kinds of soups. You name uh, it, I'll make it. I mean, whether it's a lobster bisque or a... Um, bone broth or some kind of uh, um, Asian soup like miso soup or, or anything. I mean, pho, all that, I make it. Tum no. yum kai, I make it. Well, you know, hey, one of the announcements I want to make tonight is that the Shelter Island launch ramp opened to great reviews from a number of people I've had the chance to uh, talk to. They love the approach. They love the launch ramp. They said, man, when you get in the basin of that launch ramp, especially at low tide, they cannot believe how much room there is on the inside. And then as the tow vehicle is going up into the parking lot, there is plenty of dock space to tie up to. It's easy to get in and out of. So right now, the reviews on the Shelter Island launch ramp have been really good. And strangely enough, where we thought there was going to be a glut of people that would be tying up the launch ramp, the the traffic has been pretty light. Maybe it's because you know that it's uh, 38 degrees in the morning. <laughs> I was right say, you know, Coffee. when the frost is on the pumpkin, it's like, all right, I don't want to go out there until it gets warm. <laughs> oh man! But anyway, the Shelter Island launch ramp is open. It's free to the public and. Uh, it is waiting for you to come down and take advantage of it. And 
I got to tell you, those people that are staying in the bay because it's been it's been pretty rough out there on the open ocean here for the the past few weeks with this surge and swell that we've had. People have been fishing inside San Diego Bay, and the fishing has been excellent. So uh, the San Diego Shelter Island Launch Ramp is now open and waiting for you, and that's a, that's a good thing, and especially with the San Diego anglers uh, announcing that February 2nd, I believe, is going to be the, um, the next San Diego Anglers Bay Bass Tournament. So, man, there are some big events of a plan for San Diego Bay, and, you know, the Anglers Bay Bass Tournament is one of the largest. You know, it's such a fun event, and, um, you know, it goes to a great cause. Because San Diego Anglers helps out at every single kids' event I can think of in San Diego. They're always there lending a hand, whether it's taking kids fishing or helping with somebody else with their event for kids. And, you know, that money goes to good use. Those guys are awesome. And I, and, and that tournament is such a blast. It's so fun to fish. Uh, you, got, you believe it. And, you know, not only that. Uh, the anglers themselves, they work hard to go out and they subsidize a lot of the prizes and the raffles and everything like that. And the money that they make it uh, for uh, off the tournament goes to the philanthropic operations, whether it's taking the wounded warriors out, whether it's taking kids out, uh, the way they help out in the uh, kids fishing events, uh, not only on um, Shelter Island Pier, but uh, over there at uh, Crystal Pier, uh, helping on out with uh, some of the lake events. Uh, it it just keeps on going and going, the things that the San Diego Anglers does to help out and contribute back to the fishing community, to people that aren't even members of the club. They, they do a great job, but, you know, it starts off with this Bay Bass Tournament, and then it goes down from there. So it's going to be a fun event. Yeah, it's going to be a fun event. And even if people don't fish the tournament and want to see what it's all about, come on down to the event. There's a lot of food, and the food is free. The alcohol, uh, the um, Ballast Point has a booth there, and they give away free beer, and there's raffle prizes galore. Right. Uh, uh, Applications are still being taken. Uh, They normally like to try and limit it to 150 teams. Uh, I know that they are available in most tackle stores throughout San Diego County. Or if you just go on the San Diego Anglers website, you can download the application there. But I've got to urge you, get those applications in, because now that the launch ramp is open, and there are, you know, people know that launching there is going to be a lot easier than ever before. I think uh, that tournament, if it's not close to filling up, should fill up in a hurry. But, and with the way the fishing has been in the bay, I think we're going to see some of the best fishing we've seen in a long time. I think you're right. I think it's going to be you awesome. You know, they always, they always seem to have almost a full full number of 
of fishermen in there. I mean, uh, the, for many years, it's like if you didn't get in early, you weren't going. Um, it's it's that popular and it's that fun for. I mean, there's tons of guys that fish it and they don't fish. You know, you don't have to fish other events. You can just go down and fish that one event and see how you do. And there's all kinds of prizes given away and there's money too. So, what's wrong with that picture? That's just tons of fun. Not only that, I think they've opened up some categories for kayaks and everything like that. So. That's the San Diego Anglers Bay Bass Tournament. It's going to be the first Saturday in February. Uh, if you don't fish the event, come on down because they make it so that you can view the weigh-in. And what they do it, to protect the fish, that the fish that come in, they put them in holding tanks to make sure that they are embolized and in good shape so that they can return them back to the bay uh, for another time uh, that uh, they can, those fish can be caught again. Hey, guys, we're going to take our first break right now. Uh, you're listening to Rod Real Radio on AM540 or at rodreelradio.com. Stay tuned. There's still a lot more to come after these messages. Gabakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gabakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gabakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gabakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gabakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose baits, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water by always wearing a life jacket. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This is John from Angler's Arsenal. Since 1983, Angler's Arsenal has served the needs of the fishing community throughout Southern California, and now we are continuing that tradition out of our new retail store on Woodside Avenue in Lakeside. I invite you to make the trip to visit with Chuck, Dan, Jonathan, and Marvin and draw from the wealth of fishing information my crew has amassed over the many years of fishing experience. They will make your time on the water more productive. When it comes to products, Angler's Arsenal carries all the major brands you've come to know and trust over the years. My knowledgeable staff will make sure you are fitted with the right quality tackle you've been looking for. We're known for servicing those reels and rods you've depended on and used over the course of the season. Bring them into us and we'll make sure they work and look better than the day they came out of the factory. Angler's Arsenal is also the home of Western Plastics, your one-stop shopping center for the fresh and saltwater hand-poured plastics you've depended on since 1985. Looking for those specially wrapped fishing rods? Angler's Arsenal can build you a stick that'll put a hurt on any mean old fish that comes your way. Now we're open Monday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Give us a call at 619-466-8355 to discuss your fishing needs. Or better yet, stop by and visit with us at 12255 Woodside Avenue in Lakeside. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your baitcasters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. 
Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to our Rod Reel Radio. You know, a couple of special notes from those announcements that you heard during the break there. First of all, the Rock Lease Fish Release System, that's something that you're going to want to get because when rock fish season opens up again, we're going to be able to fish in deeper water. And if you bring up fish from those deeper depths that you don't want to keep, you need a barotrauma device. The Rock Lease is the device you want to use. It is the real thing. You don't have to worry about fizzing it, poking any holes in the fish or not. You just attach the rock leaks right onto the fish, send it on back down 100 feet or so, and it swims away alive. And the the other thing uh, we also mentioned with Cedrus Outdoor Adventures, get a lot of people that go down to Cedrus Island, and they have eh, so-so experiences that isn't going to happen with you with Jose down at Cedros Outdoors Adventures. But please get a hold of them quickly because they're booking up for the 2019 season in a hurry. Hey, Stan, one of the things that we wanted to do and we were going to try and do tonight is every year it's a good time around, uh, you know, New Year's to check your, you know, your, your fire alarms, to check your CO2 alarms. But it's also a good time to do a review for your boat insurance. We're not going out nearly as much as we are going out. Our boats are getting a year older and we're, we're thinking, Hey, we're maybe covered. And this is the time to do a review of your insurance and especially to look at what 1-800 bass boat has in store for people, because you've got some great programs coming up for people in 2019. You want to give us a little rundown about what you're going to be offering, Stan? Well, we've just come up with, you know, it's been about a year, a year and three or four months, actually, of working to to better the program that we've already had. I, the 800 bass boat, it's, it's not just for bass fishermen. It's for anybody with a trailable boat. But if you're a fisherman, what we've been able to do, because I want to make sure that I'm covered better than anybody else will, would cover me, and I, I'm fortunate to be able to, make up my own programs with the companies that I've been working with since basically since the mid-70s. I've never had to change companies. The company that we work with has just bought other companies until now. They are effectively the largest boat insurance company in the world, the oldest boat insurance company in America with the best trailable boat coverage in the history of boat insurance, period. Uh, we've got a brand-new program we're just coming out with. We kind of fired it up here on all the renewal boat uh, programs that we have with the bass boat thing, and that 
that works for the guys that are offshore boats. You know, if you're going to go out and chase the bluefin or you're going to fish the calico and bay bass tournaments or you're going to fish the bass tournaments or you're a trout fisherman, doesn't make any difference. It's just coverages that we are able to uh, give you now that nobody's ever given fishermen before, which is pretty cool. I mean, it's a tournament uh, policy that was built for bass fishing guys on a yacht-based program. So it's an agreed value replacement. If you have a total loss for your, your boat, motor, and trailer, whatever, that's burned to the ground, like some of these fires, we had a few up in Northern California and, and the fires here, and, and uh, or if it gets stolen and it's never recovered, you'll get the full value that you have on your insurance, plus you'll get uh, a check for either Right now, we have five thousand dollars on the on the old program for your tackle to help replace what's going with you know whatever you have in your boat also. But our new program has still got the agreed value with replacement cost. But if you buy a new boat, here's the, one of the cool things: for the first three years until your boat's three years old, we'll pay up to one hundred and twenty percent of the value of your boat to replace it if you have a total loss. So how wow. boats go up about four to three, four, five percent a year. So no matter what, if in the first three years you have a total loss, you'll never lose a dime on that. So you always have replacement costs. Does that include the trailer, too? Actually, effective this year, we have replacement on trailers. And that's that's even separate from the other part. But if you have a total loss, they'll write the check for the total amount of your boat, motor, and trailer. Uh, And if it's in the first three years of age of the boat, you, you can get... A, a new boat, and they'll pay the up price for the new one. Um, we never take depreciation on on a to, on a on a partial loss. Now, other companies, if you have a, a you hit the dock with the with the hull, they'll depreciate your you know for if it's four, five, six years old, they'll depreciate it uh, for the years of age that you've had the boat. They'll do the same with your machinery, your motor, your big motor, trolling motor, and electronics. But we don't do that for the until your boat's seven years old. Even on a partial loss, we don't take any depreciation on a on a claim. You just pay your your deductible, and you're done. And and they'll replace whatever it is with the new parts, and that's not a problem. Even after that, after seven years, they can they can depreciate your motors and look at the motors we have now. A lot of the motors that we have on our boats right now, they're not even making anymore or shipping to California. So it's really kind of going through some changes as we look at this. But you you at least get to fix your boat and, and get back on the water for the first seven years without paying anything but your deductible. After that, uh, they can depreciate your big motor, your trolling motor, but we never take depreciation ever for your hull or your electronics. All you pay is your, your deductible for that, and you're back on the water again. And the new deal is we have now, nobody's ever done this before, replacement on your trailers. No depreciation if you have a loss. If it's a total loss, they'll do a, replace it with like and kind with a 250 deductible and the first $5,000 of your trailer coverage is free. You don't pay for it. <laughs> and, and, and wow. you just, you, you just go and, and most guys, especially if you got a boat that's, you know, five years old or more, you know, $5,000 on your trailer is more than enough. So, you know, we got 10,000 medical per person that we're offering now instead of the usual, we do 5,000. Now we're up propellers are all are covered on the new program, which it wasn't before. Fishing tackle and personal property is now $10,000. And so if you have a problem, because all of us, if you look in my live, well, there's 
I mean, in my uh, rod lockers, there's probably more than $10,000 on one side. But you got to know, go ahead. I was on one more thing. The cool yes. part is on that too, is in the new program, guest tackle is covered also in that 10,000. If you have an accident with a, with a friend on the boat. So that's never been done before. Dan, we're going to have to come back and and visit this a little bit more because not only, you know, we're always talking about bass boats and things like that, but also how about uh, those people that have their boats that are docked up in some marina? And then, you know, we think about, okay, well, you got a bass boat. Maybe it's worth $30,000, $40,000, $50,000, even though there's some bass boats now that are are way beyond that. But what happens, you know, are you insuring vessels? that actually are getting into the, you know, the six-figure category and everything like that? And do they have the same program? So let's, let's visit this maybe on another show when we can take time to really go into a detail and, and cover a lot, lot broader range of boats. Than oh, we've got, we, you know, you know is it, it, yeah, we've got, we've got so much going, like towing, for instance. So the guys that are going out there, yes, we do. Six-figure boats are easy. We have, they're all the time. You can buy that. If you go to uh, out there, the tuna grounds, for instance, with your trailable boat, and you break down outside, their vessel assist might not tow you back in uh, because it, it, it might not cover the cost. But with the new coverage we got, towing instead of a 1000 or $500, for instance, is to the value of your hull. If you got a $20,000 boat, you got $20,000 of towing. If you got a $50,000 boat, you got $50,000 of towing, and that'd be off the road or off the water, either one. So, I mean, there's just a ton of new stuff that we got that nobody's ever done before. We're pretty excited. And you can go to the stand at 1-800-BASSBOAT to get information on the subject we've talked about or maybe that uh, special cruiser that you have that's docked there at the Marriott Marina to see how well you are covered or how well you should be covered. Hey, Stan, thanks a lot for that. Hey, let, let's get on, though. We've been trying to get a hold of this guy for a little while. He is the executive producer for Destination Baja, pretty darn good outdoorsman, and traveling bon vivant in his own right, Mr. <laughs> Bill Boyce. Bill, are you with us? Yeah, yeah I am with you. Hey, bon vivant, bon, buddy. Hey, hey, what's going on, Stan? Hey, Wendy. Hey, Bill. Bill, you know, it is so good to, to have you. And, you know, I, I, I want to start off a little bit. Bill Boyce, you know, there's people that scratch their head and go, I know that guy from somewhere. Or he's been on radio and <laughs> stuff like that. But actually, your career started in marine biology. Can you just give us a, a quick little synopsis? Yeah. I mean, like all of us pretty much, and, that you know, I'm certain all in this circle of uh, – of uh, conversation here. We all started fishing when we were really young, typically had parents that were really into boating, uh, camping, and that's how I was. I mean, from the day I was born, we always had boats, and uh, we were a big camping, water ski family, so we had four or five other families that we'd all get together on Easter's and Memorial Days and Fourth of July's and get on the phone and figure out where we were going to meet, Colorado River, Lake Lopez, San Antonio, up to Trinity, Shasta, wherever. But, you know, it was just, just boating and camping all my life. And I was the kid who just loved to fish. And um, from a very young age, there was just something about watching a freaking bobber go down under the water and know that something had eaten that. And uh, I was going to figure out what it was on the other side of that line. So I um, just fell in love with fish and fishing and knew from a young age that I wanted to do something like that as a career choice. So I think I was about 13 years old. I 
um, we had bought a, uh, a ski boat, and uh, it was a StarCraft inboard-outboard. had a six-horse Merc on the back for a trolling motor. My folks didn't need that for a ski boat, so they gave that to me and said, you got to buy a boat. You buy a boat, and that, that motor's yours. So uh, there's a Mercury dealership, uh, Mid-Valley Marine. Stan might know about it. It used to be down in oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, down on, on the Cuba yeah, Valley. Yep. yep. An old German guy owned it, and uh, they had an eight-foot, uh, it was a, a tunneled cathedral hall, kind of, I mean, a um, catamaran hall, just like the uh, Livingston's. But it wasn't a living, it was just that design. And they had it, it was like $80. Well, $80 in 1969 was a lot of freaking money, you know? <laughs> so I would go to my neighbors and get, you know, get a lawnmower and I was, you know, mowing lawns for two bucks, washing cars for two bucks. And I'll never forget, I'd go down to that guy's shop on my little Stingray bicycle and he'd say, uh, yeah, how much you got, kid? You know, I got $37, you know. Keep going! This <laughs> was about, about eight By the way, the guy's later. name was the guy's name was Stan, by the way. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that was it. Oh, my God, Stan. Absolutely. So I got that boat. He got so tired of looking at me and so tired of seeing that boat in the back of that shop. He gave it to me like 68 bucks. So I had my own little boat, belonged to Bass, you know, in 1969. My heroes growing up were, um, you know, Bobby Murray and Roland Martin and, uh, and all those guys. And uh, Tommy Mann, I mean, those guys were, were my heroes in the late 60s, early 70s, and read every one of those magazines cover to cover. And so I went to, you know, got out of high school in 74 and uh, went up north, Humboldt State, got my degree in fisheries and uh, worked for the federal government for 16 years as a fish biologist and loved every second of it. And and as life is, we all have different doors that open up. And I started taking a lot of photography and, and so... Uh, I started selling the photos as people have seen me at the Fred Hall shows, and it kind of opened up a career into photography, which parlayed into underwater video work that parlayed into TV work. And good God, I mean, I never looked back, you know, and I never, and I never, you know, uh, never did not take an advantage of something that came my way. Instead of thinking, God, I can't do that, I always went, shit, yeah, I can do that. If anybody else can do it, I can do it. So uh, that's <laughs> Bill, before we, we go forward, let me just take one step back because I know that you were also an observer on the commercial tuna boats that were, uh, uh, you know, flying American flags. And I think that you realize that maybe they got kind of, of a bum rap when it came to their bycatch compared to what was happening to other countries. They, can you comment on that a little bit? Yeah, John, that's a great point. Yeah, I worked, I worked for the Inter-American Tropical Tuna Commission um, and spent 12 years. I did uh, 23 trips out at sea on big uh, commercial per-saners, uh, super-saners, and uh, they did get a bum rap. I mean, this is back in the old dolphin fishing days, and there's a lot of environmental pressure on them uh, on the dolphin mortality. And, you know... I mean, even the fishermen admit, back in the 60s and early 70s, they were killing a lot of dolphins. But they didn't modify the nets uh, at that time to have what they call porpoise mesh, which is a, a one-and-a-quarter-inch mesh uh, at the end of the operation where those dolphins are the closest uh, proximity to the, to the net. And once they modified the nets and had a back-down procedure, the mortality went to next to nothing. And, and as you had mentioned, it was the bycatch of that porpoise fishery was literally zero occasionally a shark, you know, occasionally maybe a marlin or a sailfish would get in there. 
And, of course, you know, maybe occasionally it would be a much-beloved uh, marine mammal. But every one of the dolphins we got, we'd uh, typically dissect and bring body parts back to Scripps. So they did a lot of physiological studies and learned a lot about porpoise reproduction and stuff in the Eastern Pacific Ocean from that fishery. But in reality, ecologically speaking, it was literally the cleanest commercial fishery in the world as far as, as, far as bycatch. And uh, when the uh, environmental groups were putting all this pressure to go dolphin safe, and they did that because they didn't know anything about the science, but they were making a lot of money on, uh, on contribution dollars, um, and they went dolphin safe with a cannery decision, then the bycatch was astronomical because now you're setting on logs and uh, the guys are making their own fads, right, fish aggregating devices, Mm-hmm. And um, which collect obviously a lot of bait fish, a lot of dorado, a lot of wahoo, a lot of sailfish, a lot of marlin, tons of sharks, a lot of undersized tuna. And the amount of fish that were dumped off those boats during the dolphin safe fishery was an absolute ecological calamity. Wow. And, wow. you know, even from the American fishermen, I think you and us talking in the past, you'd even see. The fishermen jumping into the water if they thought that there was a dolphin that was in distress and helped the dolphin actually get out of the net, risking kind of like life and limb themselves. Oh, that was every set. That wasn't like, oh, gee, I think there's a dolphin. Oh, no, no, you'd be in the water to make sure because it was inevitable. You might have on a big set, I saw as many as 3,000 porpoise in the net at one time. That was a big set. Average anywhere between 500 and, say, maybe 1,500 dolphins in a set. Then that's a mile wow. long. You know, it sinks 500 feet deep. So, and the, and, the, and the animals are really smart. People don't give them credit for their own intelligence. But they would typically group up in the center of the net. Highly social animals. Uh, you'd see teenagers chasing teenagers, moms with babies. You know what I mean? Because I, I was doing a lot of free diving to, to, to diagnose the behavior of these animals in a captured environment offshore. So I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours over 12 years, you can imagine, you know, spending typically six to seven months a year at sea. Spent a lot of time in the water with these animals, freediving with them. And, and uh, so I saw, you know, I saw it all. And these animals would never just swim and get caught into the net. Um, it was always in that back down procedure. If they were scared or didn't know what was going on and didn't leave the net, then you would stay after and you would literally grab them by the snout and take them to the corks and throw them out of the net. And uh, there might be, you know, six or eight. If there's 12 left at the end of a set, that was a lot. But you had two, three guys jump in the water, you get them out of the net. I mean, the, the amount of, uh, of, of uh, effort, love, and respect that even the fishermen had for these animals, because they find the fish for them, was, uh, was really something that fishermen never got credit for, you know, in the media. Yeah. Uh, Bill, no, you never heard uh, the real story. No, you yeah, never did. Let's, no, I, let's fa- Let's fast forward to 2019, the last day of December, and I, I want to just, you know, talk about this subject because the last thing I want to do is floss over it, uh, you know, when we just don't have enough time. But you want to tell us, Wendy and Stan, and especially you, Bill, fishermen lost a really great friend to fishing here just a couple of days ago. You want to... You want to give us the story and a little background on that, Bill? I'd love to. Yeah, Earl Warren, very, very um, uh, experienced lawyer, had a very, very good practice, uh, did a lot of uh, home real estate type uh, law, was the chief consul at a resort down in Costa Rica called Los Sueños, 
and uh, which is one of the one of the finest um, marinas in all of uh, Central America. Um, and uh, he just loved to fish. He was a, a, a long-standing member of the L.A. Rod and Reel Club. Yep. Uh, much yep. beloved member. And I'm sure Stan's given some talks to those guys. Just a great group. I'm sure Wendy knows a bunch of those guys. And I'm Merit's a member. given a lot of. <laughs> oh yeah, you're a member. Well, there you go. I'm an I'm an honorary <laughs> member myself. Right on. And you know, Merit's given Merit's given a ton of talks to them, and they're just such a great group. They give so much. They give uh, a lot of money to Wild Oceans every year. They really look at groups that are doing the right thing for the resource and get behind it. And uh, but Earl was one of those members, and because of his law background, he helped a lot with uh, you know United Anglers and and uh, some of these groups that have have gone through the the you know through Southern California circles of uh, of uh, conservation and and, and angler uh, and our sport fishing uh, support. our sport fishing industry. He has he has helped so many people get oh out God. of trouble or you know fight yes. for them. Um, yes. You know when it comes to our um, our um, sport boats. You know, exactly. he's just been Absolutely. an all-around guy who's been here for all of us in the fishing industry, and it's a huge loss. Just huge. A oh, you're not kidding. I mean, he was, he was, I mean, I just did, well, like you said, I, yeah, I spoke at the L.A. Red and Rail Club in the, like, October or November, uh, and he was the guy, one of the people who came up and introduced me, but we've known each other for years, and, and he's been a help and for a lot of us in the industry, when we had something that came up, you know, hey, can you help us with this or can you do this? He was the first guy to raise his hand and said, let me help you on that. You know, that, I'll be there for you. Just give me a call. Um, he was he, he loved the, the boats out of San Diego. He loved fishing with Bobby Taft on the Top Gun 80. He was just a, he was good, he was a good stick and a lot of fun, actually, to talk to. He's got some knowledge and, and skill there. And, and, and it, it, he is a, it's a great loss, i got to tell you. He was a great friend. You oh, know, man, I, we all traveled to Cedros together, and so yeah, that's right. we, we flew out there a couple of times together and stayed, you know, spent six days out fishing Cedros and the Pongas, and we just had Fun. a blast. He had such a good time catching all those big calicos and all the yes. fishing trips we had. I mean, and and a lot of the stuff, you know, a, a lot of... Uh, in fact, a lot of people don't know one of the reasons why calico bass and some of the other uh, and sand bass are not allowed to be commercially harvested is because of Earl Warren. There you yeah. go. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah, his contributions were he, you know, he was never one of these guys that, you know, had to have everybody, you know, know what it was he had done. He knew what he had done. People that were close to him knew right. what he had done. and. And uh, he was never that guy, you know. He was just a class, class action, a very, very close friend. And and I had had dinner with he and Pam, his wife, Pamela, about a month ago. It was, um, yeah, it was right after Thanksgiving. And uh, one of our favorite pizza places in the Valley, Cheech's Pizza. And we go there a couple times a year and, you know, just talk fishing and talk life. And it was really interesting. I did a post on um, those, uh, those um, hookup baits. This week on Facebook, went out and yes. we could, we had a whole thing of live squid. Went out and couldn't hardly catch anything with live squid. Me and Chris Wheaton last week, and uh, we came back into Long Beach and I had a bunch of those hookup baits that Chad had given me. And I go, oh, I got to fish a few of these things. And I mean, it's like one after another, sand bass, sand bass. And I got the twelve pound halibut, and I'm thinking, God, these baits are unbelievable how well they get bit. And Earl, he hit me up as soon as he saw that post. He goes, Bill, I want to get on the phone with you. I want you to go through what colors you think would be best for that. And this and that, I want to buy a bunch of those. And I said, yeah, no problem at all. When's a good time to call? He goes, call me this weekend. 
And so I was going to call him this weekend, and he died uh, Friday night. Oh, mm. boy. Well, Last Friday night. Yeah. I was so bummed. We, oh, my God. Our family, our family here at Rod Real Radio want to, you know, send to Earl's family strength to get through this time mm. and yeah. also the knowledge that Earl is probably in a place where he is in joy and not in pain anymore and hopefully fishing with those little buddy a lot of his buddies that have preceded him and you know inevitably we'll be meeting with him again so uh oh, we will, much John. strength Absolutely. to That's Earl and the family yeah he's up <laughs> there exactly with with uh Bill Poole and um uh Russ Iser and all the gang. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well said, Wendy. He's up there. No, he's all right. And, uh, hey, Bill, uh, he, get us uh, get us current on what's happening with Destination Baja. Tell tell us a little bit about that because it's got to be a dream job. Someone actually wants to pay you to <laughs> go around, uh, you know, Baja fish in some of the best locations in the world, and uh, you know produce a show about it and uh, tell us how that's going nope what we did is we, we did two, two seasons uh the first season we won two telly awards last year we won three so five telly awards in two years and i tell you we were gonna do a season three and um but god i looked at that you know i tried to make a list of what shows we could do and it would be different you know <laughs> And yeah. um, after you've done 26 episodes in Baja, I mean, if Baja Norte, if Baja Norte, if their tourism board supported us like the Baja Sur tourism board did, we would have done yeah. something in Baja Norte. But, you know, as you know, Baja Norte doesn't really have the tourism that the southern half of Baja has. I mean, you've got La Paz and you've got Cabo and you've got Portos Los Cabos. And you've got East Cape. You've got a, a lot of tourism and a lot of sport fishing, whereas Baja Norte, I mean, a few people go to Ensenada, a few go to San Quentin, some go to Cedros, some go to uh, Bahia de los Andes. But, you know, really, there's, there's not the tourism industry in Baja Norte. It's more industrial, Mexicali and Tijuana and Ensenada. And, and you know, it's, it's the wine country. It's just a different animal. So we really couldn't get, you know, we couldn't get the tourism dollars to help support a series in Baja Norte. So we kind of took a break on it. Uh, but Pursuit Channel loved our show. And so they contacted me a few months ago and they go, hey, we'd love to air your show again uh, for, um, for January through July on Pursuit um, coming up in 2019. So the show is still going to air. We've got 26 episodes to pick through. So uh, some of the people we've done episodes with, we've contacted them, and uh, they're going to come back and support it so where we can uh, get the, uh, buy the, uh, the airtime to broadcast it. And so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to air the uh, kind of like the best of of uh, Baja, uh, Destination Baja Sur for the first six months on the Pursuit Channel, which is all DISH, all direct. Uh, and they've got a few other um, uh, networks they work with. I think uh, Vios. Um, but we're also on Amazon Prime. You know, you don't have to look at a TV uh, network to get the shows. We're on M uh, Amazon Prime. We're on MOTV, which is Outdoor Channel, Sportsman's Channel, and uh, World Fishing Network. They have their own online um, network now called MOTV. It's a subscription base. And then Pluto TV, uh, we just signed contracts with them to air the show. So there's a lot of online uh, accessibility for broadcast uh, where you can watch it, you know, anytime you want on your computer or on your smart TV as well. Well, Bill, you, you know, you get the best of it. All over. Go, go ahead. 
you've been all around Southern Baja, and we've got people that are listening to the show that are kind of like you. They go, well, you know, I think I've seen everything in Southern Baja, but I think you have enough experience that is there still a destination spot that you can think of that is just gangbusters that maybe be glossed over when it when people are thinking about going down there to fish and having a great time. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to be a little more rugged. You know what I mean? Some of them would be boat trips I'd like to make. Like I'd love to take, uh, you know, a couple of small skiffs, you know, take some 25, 30 foot boats, get a couple of guys, two, three boats and leave like from Loreto and fish all the way down to La Paz, fish that stretch of the Cortez. That's, yep. that's really, really fishy areas. And then do the same thing um, from um, Turtle Bay, go out to go up to Cedros, go out to Navidad, and go down to like um, San Pablo and uh, Asuncion, down to um, to Abu You need to be Abriojos. Abriojos is one of the most magical places for fishing in the world. <laughs> and you, you, need to shut up. The... you need to shut up right there, Stan. That's our secret. I told you not to even mention that. <laughs> 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 you know the uh, cool part about yeah. his job is he uh, you see him fishing and all this stuff if you've never traveled behind not, we run into each other a lot down uh down below he and i <laughs> at the right. at a restaurant someplace and or whatever yeah, yeah. but we just happen to be down there in october a lot together and he's come around the, from the Eastgate, and i just come back from up at Toto santos or whatever else and we're having dinner a lot of times same place but uh but you get a chance to to fish the east cape up and down and uh, that the stuff where you don't just offshore and fishing yeah. the the offshore stuff not the, I don't care about going out and catching the tuna or or dorado you can always do that but fishing the the rocks for the cabrilla and the pargo yeah. and the the I mean the rooster fish up and down that coastline and catching you catch a lot of different species and it is just unbelievably huge fun <laughs> Yeah, like man, it'd be like going into Mag Bay. Nobody gets to do that and just fish for everything. Everything is in Mag Bay. Uh, there's so Mag much Bay's to amazing. do. Yeah, yeah, there's so much to do down there. Um, it's just uh, you know, and a lot of it's untouched, and people just don't go there because it's hard to get there. Although it's easier nowadays than it's ever been before. Yes, much easier. In fact. Good point. The roads have never been better in Baja. There's never been the infrastructure of gas stations and restaurants and hotels. I mean, you can buy gas with credit cards down there. You can go down to your bank card and go from Tijuana to Cabo and never take a peso out of your pocket. You know, I mean, it's just so easy to travel to Baja now. And there's ice everywhere. It's not like it was 25 years ago. You see, yellow. You know, you pull and go, oh, they got ice. <laughs> you, you walk up, the guy goes, yeah, we had about two weeks ago. We had a couple of bags. You know, it's like, yeah. No, I mean, it's just so easy traveling to Vaughn now. And, and, uh, well, you, and, you know, it's, yeah, go ahead. I think it's because, uh, as you mentioned, Southern Baja has really woken up to the fact that tourism is a big industry. Obviously, Americans are looking for a place that only takes, you know, no more than a couple of hours to get there, and they can be in a completely different world. And it sounds like Southern Baja's getting into the program to accommodate not only the Americans, but the tourists from all over the world to show them a, a truly unique experience. 
They are, absolutely. But again, it's all about accessibility. In the old days, 20 years ago, even, even 15 years ago, the flights to Cabo were maybe out of L.A., San Diego, you know, then Alaska, maybe out of Seattle. But now am I, you know, it's Continental and Spirit and, you know, out of, out of Houston, out of Dallas. JetBlue and everybody. I mean, JetBlue, it's so easy to get down to Baja Sur now. And, um, you know, the real bummers when they stopped flying to La Paz, uh, which really, really hurt that destination. I love La Paz. To me, that's a yes. beautiful city. Great food deals, great fishing, great diving. It's a real cosmopolitan town compared to a party town like Cabo. There's just a lot to love about La Paz. And it's really a shame that um, it's just less accessible now. But um, there's some great operations down there. John and Jilly uh, rolled down with uh, Kale Hunters has a great operation. And, sure. And um, the Mosquito Fleet is awesome. And, yeah, there's just, yeah. Pirates and there's uh there's there's, there's a lot and if you tow a boat it's a really mecca for boating. It's oh, right. yeah. Hey, yeah, Bill, I love, we're I love. gonna have to we're gonna have to get along over here because uh, we're running out of time for the the segment. But if people, you're fairly accessible for sure, where people can ask you questions and find out situations and just some of the other things that you're involved in. We haven't even had a chance to talk about, you know. Cumax or any of the other things people want to get in contact with you and and give you their opinions on stuff or find out what your opinion is how's the best way to go about doing it they can hit me on facebook just go to bill boyser or destination baja sir just go to the show and uh yeah it just meshes me off of that uh facebook there and uh just find me on on on, on facebook i'm you know I, I post a couple times a week um that Real avid about it, like I used to be. Just you know, it takes so much time to keep up with that stuff. But I'm, I'm always, and you know, I'm, I answer a lot of questions for people, and it's all about, uh, you know, about the love of Mexico and the, the people and the culture down there. And people should not be afraid to go down there. And uh, so, yeah, anybody have a questions of uh, of any of that fishing or tackle? You know, I'm kind of like Stan. We, we've done a lot of it, freshwater, saltwater, just like Wendy. I mean. You know, we've you spend a lot of time in the water. You talk to a lot of people. You got a lot of answers. You know, they might not be the best ones, but we got some. <laughs> but you got an answer for them, one way or the other. <laughs> and needless to say, the next time you go down uh, and you're fishing some of those bays in Baja, you think you're going to have a pocket full of those hookup baits with you? Oh my God, yes, man. Oh, those things get bit so well. They're so funny. You look at that bait, and it's not nearly as sexy as a as a big hammer, you know, or or a, a fish trap, or you know, one of those swim baits, or even the old mogambos, and, and even those scampies. I mean, you look at those baits, and you see the action they have. They, oh, okay, I can see why that gets bit. You look at those. Well, uh, you know, those the baits. tube bait, the tube bait has been a catching a fish catching tool yeah. for years. When Bobby Garland came up with the the gift, decades. Sakes, we were, First time I saw yeah. the thing, I was going, "What, you know, what are you going to do with that?" And he throws it in the middle of the cove, and every fish in the lake raced to eat the thing. Yes. And it started that slow circle down, like a like a wounded fish. Yes. And that is Correct. just a trigger for anything to eat. And and you start throwing those in the ocean, especially when you get the tide moved or the slack tide, and that fish suspends. That thing yes. it becomes the working piece of machinery right there. Yep. Yep, and you'll you, all you gotta do is put it in the water, take the rod tip, and lift the rod tip up and let it down, and you'll see the way that thing dances. And you can only imagine what that looks like on the bottom. And like you say, you fish it on the sink because the way those things sink, yep. they do get bit well on the sink. Okay, Bill. Hey, yeah. we've got a lot more that we need to talk about, but we've run <laughs> out of time here with you for this segment. 
Can you please you come on back <laughs> early in 2019 and be with us again so we can hit some of the other things that we need to talk about that are always of interest to you and our listening audience? Oh, no problem at all, John. I'm always welcome, and especially with, with Wendy and Stan. It's great, to, it's great to chat it up. You betcha, buddy. All right. Bill, thanks a lot for giving up some of your Sunday to be with you. We're going to look forward to talking to you again in 2019, and you have a great new year, okay? You guys too, man. Happy Happy New Year, folks. Happy All New right. Year, happy and I'll probably see you next weekend. All right. Hey, <laughs> Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, Billy Chapman Jr. from Anglers and International. We're going to talk about maybe a few of the locations that are on your bucket list. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few moments. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. He's not just my fishing buddy. After 30 years, he's a brother, and I'd sure hate to lose him. His bass boat's got nothing to do with it. So I make sure both of us wear a life jacket. Save the ones you love, even if they don't own a fancy boat. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters. The PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger bone crushing drag quantum fishing we are performance tuned check them out at anglers arsenal in la mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355 attention rod and reel radio listeners be sure to check out the code group mobile app you can listen to the rod and reel radio show live along with show archives without internet access the code group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen, including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words Code Group in the App Store on your smartphone. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. And Vandenberg, Wendy Toshihara, and myself, Hopalong John Cassidy, we want to welcome you back to the second hour of Rod and Reel Radio. You know, here at Angler's Arsenal, we've got fishermen coming in all the time going, Hey, I'm going to go down and I'm going to fish El Salto. What do I need to go on down there? And there's always other fishermen in the store going, wow, you're going down there. I, I, I want to make that trip. It's on my bucket list. Or you get guys like Wayne Pontno or some of the guys from the San Diego anglers going, Hey, I go down there three times a year. I've been doing it for, <laughs> I don't know how many years and I can't get enough of it. Well, 
We've got the guy that's in charge of Anglers Inn International. That is the spot that is luring all these fishermen to come on down and fish in Mexico. And why is that? Well, we're going to find out from him. Let's welcome to Ron Real Radio, Billy Chapman Jr. from Anglers Inn International. Billy, welcome to the show, sir. Well, thank you, John. Thank you. I'm just getting back from Brazil and uh, back with the family over the holidays and we're catching fish in South America and Mexico, which is pretty cool, John. Having a great, great season. Well, that you know, is cool. let's let's start off with Mexico first, Billy, and then we'll get to the Amazon because, man, you talk about exotic. You know, to guys like me that have not been down there, that that is really a bucket list thing. But we talk about going down and fishing uh, El Salto and lakes like Picacho and everything like that, but. Somewhere along the line, it had to get started, and I know it was started by your dad, Billy Chapman. Can you tell us a little bit about the early days, how the operations got started there, and and how largemouth bass even got into any of these lakes? Well, John, you know, my dad was the original outfitter in Mexico back in 1968, and he went to college up in the States and was in the service up here and went back to Mexico after he graduated and got out of the service and then all of his buddies started coming down to mexico and he took them bass fishing on lake adago and back in those days john it was 99 dollars a day boat <laughs> motor and guide oh, and man. meals so uh you know he's seen the market and then from there we went to lake dominguez and that whole chain of lakes adago dominguez and choice and but then uh and Let's see, it was in 19, about 1978 or so is when we put the Florida strain bass in Lake Bacharach. And then we had a great run on Bacharach for many, many years, and then it had a fish kill, and the, the lake went down. And so from there, we went to Lake El Salto and stocked Florida strain in El Salto. So Bacharach had a mixture of the native bass with the Florida strain, but El Salto was stocked with 100% pure Florida strain, and I've been fishing the lake for 30 years and run literally thousands of clients, and we created the catch and release and work with the co-ops where they don't commercial fish for the bass, and that's why it's lasted so long. And it just keeps on producing year after year after year. You know, we don't, we don't eat one fish at the lodge. We haven't eaten any fish at the lodge in over 16 years. Fully catch and release, which is, I believe, a big secret why El Salto's holding up so long. So we got a great trophy lake, and we have a great facility. We got 30 years of adding on to our facility and working with the commercial fishermen. And now, you know, you have a commercial operation, which you need to take out the tilapia, John. A lot of Americans don't understand that you have to have nets in a Mexican lake because the tilapia reproduce so fast. And they get so wide, you know, you spread your fingers, they're that wide in six months. So your 10, 12, 14, 15-pound bass, you know, they uh, the tilapia have no more predators. So you have to take out the tilapia, but it gives you a balance, and it's working. That's proven. I'll put El Salto against any lake that wants to challenge, head up on a tournament, way in the top five fish. Uh, so that's a pretty strong statement, but we're running really strong. We, you know, our big fish... We don't see the 18s and the 19-pound fish. We see 
our big fish run from 9 to 14, 15 pounds. But it's very common to see 10-pounders coming in on a weekly basis, 10, 12, wow. and 13. So it's been good to us, John. But now we have a brand-new situation, which is the newest lake in the world today that I'm aware of. I don't know of a newer lake than Lake Picasso's. Lake Picasso's is a lake that we stocked. It's been stocked for over 12 years, and it's already produced 11 for, believe it or not, John, on a fly rod. I mean, the biggest <laughs> fish is 11-4, but it was caught on a fly rod in February during the spawn, which was last February, from a group from California. Actually, Pat Sleeper, who runs our Pat runs our uh, fly fishing department for Anglers International, her group goes down every year with 18 to 20 anglers, and she's been fishing New Lake Picasso's, and they literally caught 11-4 on a fly rod. It is totally crazy the amount of fish that we're catching on a brand new lake and the audience if you've never been to a new lake john they need to get down there and see a new lake because you know we just got a lot of stupid fish out there john. they don't know what it yeah. looks like so, so billy how big is this lake how big is picasso picasso is about twenty thousand. it's a little bit smaller than el salto it's not a real big lake but what's so unique about it, you know, I've been on seven lakes in 40 years in Mexico. You name it, I've been there, all of them. But Picasso's is literally 50 minutes from the Mazatlan Airport. So when you touch your wheels down in Mazatlan, you're literally at the lodge in 55 minutes, which is wow. so convenient. Yeah, it's just it's you get the fish that day you arrive. You can squeeze in some fishing on the way out. And the two lakes, we have the number one number lake in the world today, in the three to eight pound range, with nines and tens are showing up now. Uh, you know, just 50 minutes away from Mazatlan, so you got your wife, your family's on the beach. We have day trips. That this is uh, very important for a lot of people to know. We have these day trips from Mazatlan, so if you just want to get a taste of it, you can run up there 50 minutes from the hotel, from the beach. Fish that day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, custom boats. We're right on the water's edge. And the big news is this season we just finished up the last edition of the lodge, which is yeah. you can literally, John, make a cast from your window and catch a bass. <laughs> from the dining room. From the dining you know, room, John. It's pretty wild. You know, Billy, uh, i got to tell you from the day that you first opened up, to fishermen coming down to Picacho when guys like Dean Rojas were down there in the beginning to just last week when you entertained the San Diego anglers and some of the sports fishing skippers and everything like that. The thing that they talk about is it is absolutely unprecedented topwater action. And if you are a fiend for fishing bass on topwater there is no other destination to go to, I think, you know, here in the Northern Hemisphere than Lake Picacho. It, it's it's got to be just phenomenal. You're on the money there, John. It, it, see, what it is, you got a brand-new lake, and all these new lakes are red hot for a good five to eight years, you know, because just the Mother Nature, everything's just right. You know, they don't, they don't clear any land. All the wood is underneath there, and everything's thriving, your shad, your tilapia. I mean, they took out $6 million worth of tilapia last season out of, out of Lake Picasso's. So, and the bass just keep on growing. So we've been waiting 
and thousands of my clients have been waiting for the cashews to mature. Well, there's no more wait, everybody out there. If you want to fish the newest lake in the world today, it's Lake Picasso's. And make a whole family vacation out of it because you can, you know, you can do Mazatlan and run up there, do a three-day, four-day, one-day, whatever works for you package. And it's the same service, the same menu, the same boats as El Salto, the same, uh, you know, across the board. It's, it's equal to El Salto now. But, like, for instance, I'll give you an example on numbers. El Salto is producing anywhere from, say, 45 to 65 fish a day per boat. That's two anglers. Bicasters is producing 150 to up to 250 fish a day. <laughs> so, you know, the numbers are much bigger at Bicasters. The bigger fish are at El Salto. But if you want to catch, just take the skin off your thumbs, and fish any technique that you want to fish or master, Picasso's is the lake. Why? Because, I mean, like you said, if you want the top water, it's all day long. If you want to figure out the worm bite, the timing on a worm, whatever way you want to go, you can catch them on Picasso's. Where El Salto, they're a little bit smarter, a little bit deeper, less structure. Where Picasso, you have to fish it with braid because everything's still alive underneath it. And yeah. to land a big fish on Bicasher is a challenge. But you can literally, if you want to get somebody hooked on bass fishing, that's where you want to go. You know, Billy, I don't know what it is about the fish that are uh, located at El Salto and Picacho. I've had a chance to visit with you and to fish both lakes. but And I've caught a lot of bass in my life, for sure. But these bass seem to be on steroids. I mean... <laughs> You know, yeah, you're always looking for that double-digit fish, but I don't know of a place in the world where you fish for bass where you catch a four-pound fish, and it fights, and it pulls out hard, and you bring it on up, and you look at it, and you go, my God, that's only a four-pound fish, and you kind of, you know, let it on back. You're a little going, disappointed, what right? the heck does a double-digit fish feel like? What, other, what is it about those fish that, have... that make them the way they are? I believe, John, it's just, you know, our growth rate is so fast, right? So it just takes a little bit longer for those fish to get those shoulders, you know, farther north you go, right? And I just think it's how young they are. It's going to be kind of like, you know, getting in a race, you and me, John, at our age against two 16-year-olds, right, that have been eating healthy and good and they're in shape, right? I don't know. That's about the only answer I have is just... The one thing you yes, need to Dan? do if you go down there, too, man, make sure you take something to cover your thumb. Wear a, wear a glove, like the, the sun gloves, so you don't, I mean, you'll get bath thumb in the first hour, and you won't be able to do anything for the next week if you're down there. <laughs> <laughs> and black that's and blue on have, the ribs, That's what you, you have to guide for, Stan. <laughs> you know, the ribs, yeah, John, they, 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 they put a hurting on you, too. You know, black and blue ribs, you know. You can tell how many guys. <laughs> How many fish he caught when he did? Let me see your ribs there. His whole size. <laughs> I, I tell you, the I have never experienced a topwater bite like you've seen at Picacho or uh, at El Salto. And the only thing I like to liken it to is if you're using that popper or Zara spook or whatever it is, it doesn't have to be anything really exotic. And that fish comes up and crashes on that bait. You would think that a piece of the sky 
fell down and crashed right where your lure is. It is absolutely some of the most ferocious topwater bites you'd ever want to see in your life. You know, John, we just had Berkeley get back, and they brought all their, you know, they, they tested all their prototypes down there with us, and now they're on the market, they're on the shelves. But all the new topwater Berkeley baits have just been kicking butt, and they made some special colors for us and special baits for us. So, yeah, it's just phenomenal for top water. Be sure to pick up some of the Berkeley baits or just give us a call at one 800 got a fish and we'll tell you which ones to bring down with you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can catch them on anything you want to throw. You know, it's just, you know, the beauty thing. And here, here, here's the secret, in my opinion. I've watched lakes come and go. And I believe this is, I'm 62 years old. This is my last new lake because they don't come around that often, you guys. You know, that's the bottom line. It takes a good 15 years to build the dam and for it to fill and wait for the fish to grow and mature and be big enough, worthwhile to get on the plane and spend the money and go. So if you want to fish a new lake, this is the one because I don't believe I'll see another one in Mexico in my lifetime. You know, well, not cool only that, Billy, but too. you take like Picacho, you know, you have a standard to uphold, and you, you've set that with the resort that you have there at El Salto, and you want people to share that same experience, and uh, it doesn't happen by accident that now it's taken you how many years to finally get Picacho going up to the standard that you want it to be. It, it, it's an amazing operation. Well, thank you, John. We appreciate it, but most of my employees have been with me a minimum of 18 years, up to 35 years, and they've all moved up the ladder with me. And when I open up a new facility, I'm not opening it up the blind with new people. And uh, we just have a great team and great group of people that that work for us, and they they strive to, you know, to duplicate what we've done at El Salto at Picasso's, and we've done it. It's uh, hey, Billy, we it's there. We got to take a happening. break. Billy, pardon me. We got to take a break right now and, and sell something. Uh, can you stay with us a little bit longer, and we can talk about some of the other things that uh, I think uh, our listeners will have interest in. You got it. All right. Hey, you're listening to Ron Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg is here tonight. So is Wendy Toshihara, our special guest, Billy Chapman Jr. from Anglers Inn International. Stay tuned. There's still a lot more to come after these messages. I like rafting. I love whitewater. But I never forget that snowmelt in the river can cause cold water shock. I wear a life jacket always. Anyone with me has got to do the same. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. 
Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Dan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Our special guest this hour is Billy Chapman Jr. from Anglers Inn International. And Billy, when I talk to people about going down to Mexico, and especially, you know, if we're, you know, zeroing in on Fishing Lake El Salto or Picachos with Anglers International, for people that have not been down there, they kind of go, Oh, man, the hassle going down to Mexico and a place I don't know of, people I don't know or anything like that. Can you take us through the steps that people take from the time they call you to the time they actually get into a boat? Just exactly what you do to them to make this absolutely a turnkey, uh, no problem type of an event for them. Sure, sure, John. Well, John, we've been doing it for, you know, 40 years, and we've run thousands of people through our doors over that time frame. And the bottom line is, you you know, you're going to fly into an international airport, Mazatlan. From there, we have nine vans all logoed out, representative for every client. We meet you when you land. We tuck you away into a, a new van with a Nice ice chest, load it with what you need in there. And you're looking at about an hour and 40-minute drive to Lake El Salto. You're looking at a 50-minute drive to Lake Picachos. We have experienced drivers. Uh, it's a nice, comfortable four-lane highway that the government built for tourism. It's a toll road. We're about the only ones on it because it's, it's a $20 toll to go an hour round trip. So, you know, the locals don't use that highway because it's too expensive. So it's a beautiful, safe road. Once you get off our exit, you're there at El Salto within 20 minutes. So, you know, this is what we do for a living. They know, we know who's who down there. We don't have any problems. Uh, I could get real deep into the whole drug war thing and what's going on. And uh, things have quieted way down. We never did close our doors. In the seven years of the drug war, we stayed open the entire time. Uh, yes, business went down. People were afraid to go. We stayed open, no problems, because we're not in the business, the bottom line. So, you know, they're not targeting the fishermen. Borders are different, you guys. The border's a whole different apple. Just like any one of our cities is a different apple in certain regions and areas of our cities in the U.S., but the bottom line is we got 40 anglers down there tonight and 40 are leaving and another 40 are coming in until the end of July. We got very little space available. I know some guys are afraid to go down and I respect that. And if you just don't feel comfortable, just don't go. 
But, you know, if it wasn't, years, wasn't safe, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't bring my family down there. I wouldn't bring my eight-year-old son down there. And uh, that's where we stand. If it wasn't right, I wouldn't be open. Stan? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. it's one of those things where, where my friends and I, we used to drive down there, just drive, drive the mainland to go down there before the operations had, had started. I mean, we used to go down to Obregon and Novia and all these other. In fact, your dad helped us in several several times when we got down there. We needed some help. And we needed to know where to go or what to do and, and all of that learning. But I'll tell you what, fishing down there is such a blast uh, because if you can – You'll catch lots, and you can catch them on just about anything. You can take your pick of what you'd like to throw, and and you'll catch fish on it. I mean, we learned real quick, they like it moving. So if you're fishing, if you like to fish a worm, Texas rig, if you've got a curly tail on it, just pick it up and let it fall, pick it up and let it fall, pick it up and let it fall. If you like throwing a crankbait, you just throw a crankbait. They'll eat them. A rattle trap is like magic down there. So, I mean, the one cool thing about the the fish in mexico one they they when they eat it they eat it hard it's like you were saying you know, whether it's surface bait or they, <laughs> yeah. they'll you'll be throwing a rattle trap and you can hear a rattle trap when it, when you make a long cast on it you're bringing it back and you can hear it going <laughs> and all of a sudden you hear and wendy it's a perfect place to bring the family. I think when you talk about safety and comfort and turnkey operation, I mean, you don't even have to bring rods and reels with you if you choose not to. Uh, I like to at least bring my own reels, but uh, Bill has a great selection of rods down there. He also has some lures, but if you want to try a technique that you want to use up here that that you're not familiar with what the bites whether it's fishing a sinkle or fishing a lizard or topwater or buzz bait or swim bait, or, this is the place to go fish and to actually get the feel and the presentation for that technique and to hone it because the fish down there at El Salto and Picacho are going to eat it. And, and Billy, again, you've got a turnkey operation. What I mean from that is all you have to do is make it to the outside of the arrival gate at the airport that you want to get to. And after that, everything is taken care of for you. Exactly, John. We've never been a company that just drops you off at the curb. You know, we bring you back and walk you up to the counter and put you on the plane. We're, we're there from A to Z when you're on my front yard and backyard. And uh, we got, like I said, we have very experienced staff that's been doing this for years. And you should feel safe. Uh, and if you ever wanted to turn somebody on to bass fishing, Lake Picasso's is the place to bring them. And you got, you know, you got another four or five, six years, great years where we're going to have a bunch of dumb bass out there where you got one, you got a five pounder <laughs> on and you got six and a seven underneath it. And it just blows yeah. your mind. You got to drop shot those fish as fast as you can. Uh, we got people going down with fly rods, catching doubles, putting two flies on one and catching doubles. Uh, there's story after story. Make sure you go to anglersin.tv and you go to Anglers Inn International Facebook. We'll friend you because every day we get reports coming back with our clients at both lakes and Brazil uh, telling you firsthand reports, how many fish we're catching a day, how safe they feel, 
and believe it or not, our couple business has exploded. We had, you know, 10 couples down there last week. They're on anglersin.tv. We, we get videos from the women. Give us your perspective. Was it what you thought? You know, tell us how you feel about it. Did you feel safe? All that is there. And it, yeah. like I said, if you ever wanted to turn somebody on and or just learn yourself a technique that produces, come on down, feel safe, enjoy yourself, Take the skin and no off matter your what your level of fishing is, if you're the diehard guy that wants to get up at oh dark thirty, they'll still have breakfast for you. You go out, you fish the whole day. It's like these guys that your your employees there. They're it's like they're not on the clock. They're there to service you. They if you're going fishing with you, they'll they'll take you out fishing. They'll keep you out there for the whole day. You guys will pack a lunch for them, and they'll fish you hard or if you want to go casually, you can get up in the morning, have your coffee, have a great breakfast, look at the sunrise, get your gear together, get down to the boat. Let's say you don't want to fish all day because maybe it's it's warm or something like that. They'll bring you back in. They'll have lunch ready for you. If you want to take a siesta, you can take a siesta and then take you out again for the night bite uh, or the afternoon bite. You can tailor the trip to whatever way you want to go. But I got to tell you, the fishing's so great down there, you want to spend every minute on the water that you possibly can, Billy. Yeah, John, and, you know, a lot of clients, we're, we're always sold out, May, June, and July. Who would believe that people would go to Mexico the month of June and July? We're, we're literally sold out. I mean, there's little gaps here and there and little space here and there right now, but not much. It's Our big fish season is May, June, and July. Because the lake drops. If you want to catch 40, surface fish, that's the time to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good surface. It's good surface too. But what what happens is May, June, and July is the water's down at its lowest point, and we got the same amount of fish concentrated, and they're on points and humps, and all the big fish bunch up and they stay there because there's no more fluctuation of the water. The commercial fishing is over. And it's just so consistent May, June, and July, and it doesn't get dark until 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. So what we do is we take a good three- to four-hour midday break. It's called the Angler's Inway. Go back to an air-conditioned room. Don't beat yourself up, you know. And you come in around 11, have a good hot lunch, air-conditioned dining room, and get a massage, get a pedicure, relax, watch the news. Go back out about 3.30 and then fish until dark, which is 8.30. We call it the Angler's In way. As an outfitter, Billy Chapman Angler's In don't have a clock. We, <laughs> we cater to your needs. That's the way we yeah. roll. Billy, let's leave uh, Mexico here now for a little bit and go to Angler's In in the Amazon. Tell us a little bit about that operation how you get involved, it, that sounds a lot more exotic than going to Mexico. So it, give us an idea of what fishermen can expect to do down there and how you cater to, uh, you know, the, the, the fishermen that are your guests down there. Well, John, I, I'm pr- pretty proud to say I'm the original outfitter of Peacock Bass. I go back to 1980. I got in the business a good 12, 13 years before anybody even thought about it. And I was 23, 24 years old, and I started my peacock bass. 
expeditions, and it's grown over the last 39 years or so, and we've been doing it ever since. I can honestly say today I have the best operation I've ever had. Uh, with the with our yacht, it's a 114-foot shallow draft that drafts less than three feet of water. It's fast. It's shallow. It's three stories of pure luxury, banana splits, white wine, red wine, ribeyes, filet mignon. <laughs> it's just five-star. Our bass boats are real bass boats, two casting decks, four-stroke, four-stroke Yamahas, hummingbird units. We're the first to ever put have a hummingbird unit on our bow to target the big cats, Minn Kota trolling motors. That is all on anglersin.com, and if you give us a call, 1-800-GOT-A-FISH, we'll send you the PDF file. I just got wow. back. I just hosted uh, three groups of 16, and the first group in was all couples. We blew the women's mind. They fished. <laughs> they didn't fish as hard as the guys. But we took them into the indigenous villages, showed them the way the Brazilians live and what, what they live off of and how they survive and how tough they are and how Amazon tough it, you gotta be to be able to survive and live in the jungle. They loved it. So if you ever thought about bringing your wife, go to the Anglers in Way. We can facilitate anybody with, our yacht looks like it should be in San Diego. I mean, it's, or Miami. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Five star meals, all the gear. You don't, you just have to show up in Miami and we supply, supply St. Custom, St. Croix rods, the beast reels, brand new. Everything is brand new. All the tackle line, uh, Amazon tough bag, which has 20 items from lip block to sunblock. And this is the, this is the beauty of this trip. No mosquitoes. If you can find a mosquito and kill it on my trip, and it's wet on your arm, I'll refund your trip. There is no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could never get that point across. Like, Bill, I just have a hard Deer, time with that. Skeeter, skeeter, skeeter. Exactly. You know, so if you don't have mosquitoes, y'all, you don't have the dengue and the malaria. And it's like, it's just beautiful. It's just the weather's beautiful. Yeah, we could have a thunderstorm. But you don't, you know, you do have bees and other creatures and other bugs but not biting bugs and that's you know you sit on top of this yacht in the middle of the jungle eating a banana split with not getting bit is pretty cool <laughs> you know, you know? and that's all you know, because and, of the black water billy that's possible go ahead what you offer down there like even a tackle store like myself or i don't think there's any tackle store that has the type of lures and equipment that you need to really successfully fish down there but You've taken care of that. You you kind of glossed over it real quickly, but you supply the fishermen with everything they need. And then if there's that little something special that they've kind of uh, been able to tweak out for themselves that they want to bring, they can surely bring it on down there. But if not, you're supplying with what they need for literally the trip of a lifetime down there. Exactly, John. I mean, we, we know that what it would take for the average angler that's never fished for peacock bass to go and purchase what he needs for that trip. You know, you're going to spend $2,000, $2,500 just getting set up. We, oh, yeah. we break out brand new Abu Beast out of the box and give you four of those. Brand new custom St. Croix rods built for us for peacock bass. 80 pound braid, 65 pound braid. 
And then we have, yeah, I mean, it's you'll get what you pay for, you guys. And I'm not the cheapest in the Amazon, and I never will be. But we got you covered, and that's what's important because for a guy that's never been to the Amazon, he doesn't know what to expect, and he's not going to come prepared. That's why we give you the Amazon Tough Bag, 20 items from lip lock to every lotion, potion, the right hat, the right buff, uh, the fishing gloves. That's all mailed to you prior to you arriving, and that's a gift from us. And the main reason I do it is I want my my customer to show up prepared because your hands will burn if you don't wear the gloves. And, you know, you got – and I don't even have to put insect repellent in there, even though I do. You know why I do, John? Because, hey, no, there's no repellent in here. Well, I just put it in there so you have it, but you don't need it. <laughs> and then hey, our Billy, this hour's, it's, this hour's going yeah. by. we got to take another break. Can I, I get you to stay on for just a little bit longer, and we can talk a little more about the Amazon and Anglers and International? You bet. You know I love to talk, John. I'm, I'm good forever here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, you're listening to Ron Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg, Wendy Toshahar, and myself – we're talking with Billy Chapman Jr. from Anglers in International. Stay tuned. There's still more to come after these messages. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. 
Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to the last segment of Rod and Real Radio for 2018. What better way to end it than with our good friend Billy Chapman Jr. from Angler's Inn? And, and Billy, we're talking about fishing the Amazon. One of the questions I want to ask you, though, we talked about going to El Salto and Picacho, and there's a, a large window of opportunity of dates to go down there and fish because the fishing's always good. But it isn't quite that way when visiting with you in the Amazon. And you want to tell us about that situation down there. Well, basically what we do is our boat can accommodate 16 anglers. So that's eight boats fishing. They're custom bass boats. They're beautiful. We know we offer the best fishing platform boat in Brazil today, second to none, in the way they're equipped, etc. But the bottom line is I think the audience would like to have an idea because it's on everybody's bucket list, but can you afford it? And when it's all said and done, you need 10 dates. That's coming and going from home to home. It's roughly a 10-day, you know, but it's seven days in the jungle. So you're actually on in the jungle Saturday to Saturday, but coming out and going in, you're going to add those three and a, three days to the seven. So you, you got to block out 10 days. How much is the trip? When it's all said and done, it's right at $8,000. That's your airfare. You know, your average airfare is about $1,500. I just had some guys booked from California actually two days ago that are coming down in February. Their airfare was right at 1500 That can vary between 1500 and 2000 And then with the tips and the visa and the package itself, all-inclusive with the rods reels, everything I mentioned earlier, you're going to be right at $8,000. But if you can afford to go back, you will, because you can get hooked and end up spending 24000 with me, John, because <laughs> the power of the peacock bass, it just, you know, my biggest challenge, you guys, is I don't care how good of a stick you are and how many big you know, largemouth black bass you have caught, you can't treat them like a, like a largemouth. You're not going to turn these fish. You you have to get it to the boat three times before you can consider on landing her. Or she's going to break 65-pound braid, straighten out hooks, straighten out stainless steel. So, I mean, there's a big learning curve that we walk you through. Actually, when we put you on our yacht, I I, I always have repeat on on the boat with me, which really helps me out because... These guys just don't understand that how powerful these fish are, and that's what hooks you on coming back because you're going to get your ass kicked the first couple big fish, no matter who you are. I'm sorry, and I'm making a big statement. Now I'm better off with a saltwater fisherman, you know, because you fight them like a marlin. You guys, that's <laughs> you fight them, you know. When he wants to, when she wants to go, you just got to let her go, and she's heading for the jungle. And, you know, this is week after week, and I'm headed back January 7th. We got five more groups of 16 going in, 16 in, 16 out, 16 in, 16 out. So be sure to be watching all the reports coming back. Uh, we got a unique situation with our dolphin. The dolphin are getting real smart, and that's going to be something that we're going to be working on is putting live wells because, believe it or not, a dolphin doesn't eat a 20-pound peacock. They're kind of like wolf. They kill for the sport of it. The dolphin are killing our fish as we release them. So we have mm-hmm. a solution for that, which is live wells, because you cannot release a fish at the boat. 
And, you know, make a long story short there, I, you know, I grew up watching Flipper, and don't tell me that dolphins don't eat fish, right? Well, they do if they can swallow it, but they literally take a 20-pounder, grab it by the belly, kill it, and make a Slurpee out of it. And they turn that fish to color white, with all the beautiful colors are gone. So we got to stop that from happening, and the way we're going to do that is demand that all outfitters put live wells because you don't want to quit fishing after you land it. Like last week, we landed 222s, a 21, uh, a half a dozen 20 pounders. And oh my. if you do not release that fish in a foot of water where the dolphin can't get up there and get her, she's a goner. So we have joined the Peacock Bass Association and our, our goal you know, we can't do anything about the dolphin. You know, you can't transport him. You can't move him. You know, we love our dolphin, but we love our peacock, too. So what we're going to do is put live wells in all our boats and ask the other outfitters to join us. And that way you can put her in a nice live well, catch the rest of the fish if they bite. Because usually when the dolphin get around you guys, the bite is over. Those fish mm. head to the jungle, get in a foot of water, and get back buried in that wood where they can outmaneuver the dolphin because in open water, the 20 pounders a, a dead man. So yeah. it's a situation well, you know, that the, I've watched it, for 40 Billy, years. Don't you have a, a particular preferred season that you want to go in? And a lot of that has to do with the actual level of, of the, uh, the rivers that you're fishing in. There's a wet season, there's a dry season. And, and do you, do you kind of, you know, schedule around those seasons? Yeah, we do. Actually, there's a there's a northern fishery, which is my primary fishery, which is, if you go look at a map in Brazil, Manaus. Manaus is the capital of the Amazon. It's where the Amazon River and the Rio Negro run together. There's two million people, picture this, you guys, two million people in the middle of the jungle with no road going into it, with high-rises and tractor trailers and buses, like any other city, in the middle of the jungle without a road going to it. Well, that's where the Amazon and Rio Negro come together. And there never will be a road because that's how much water and wetlands that surrounds Manaus. So uh, we travel from there. We fly into there. From there, we take an hour and a half charter deep into the jungle where our mothership, our floating suites, we call it, are sitting in the 114-foot yacht built for fishermen, by fishermen, shallow draft, and that's our secret. It's all about the water levels. If you ever book a trip to the Amazons, make sure the outfitter is going to be up front and say, pull the plug, John. Do not come. The water's come up six feet. It's blown out. It blew over the bank. When When the river gets blown out, not one fish stays in that river. He's going to head into the jungle where he's safer and he has food. Then you can't get to your big fish. So that is... The Amazon is all about water levels, how good your trip's going to be. And you need to have the confidence with your outfitter that he's going to say, and we have a cancellation policy. What we do is we just reschedule. I mean, so any given week, you can get, you can get canceled. That's the way it is. Nobody wants to tell you that, but I am because I will pull right. up. I and remember one uh, year I was day. visiting up there, and we had a chance to get together. And I was surprised that we were going to get together because I thought that you were in the Amazon, and you said, "Hey, 
John, right now the fishing conditions are just lousy, and I had to cancel the groups for the next few weeks. I flew home, and it's just I'm not going to take people out there where when there's no fish, and and that the way that's the way it is when you fish with someone that is as reputable as anglers in international and Billy Chapman Jr. Because you're you're always going to get the the straight skinny for them from them, but then also get your money's worth. It's a big hickey to do that, John, but in the long run, to tell you the truth, I don't want to be on the boat with 16 guys and not be catching fish all week either. <laughs> 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 I've done this too long. You know, so, yeah, that's the secret is is those water levels, and we're watching them right now. I'm getting on the plane January 7th, and what I do is just two days prior of you coming in, you know, we have – we have boots on the ground in that entire river system. So how do we do that? A lot of customers ask me that. Well, there's different villages with sat phones, and we can call and ask about our water levels here, there, upper region of the Rio Negro, the lower region. And then you were asking about seasons. There's two seasons. Everything south of Manaus, the capital, is called the southern fishery. More fish, more numbers, not as big. A big fish is 17 pounds. But you have other species that you don't have in the north. And that season is August, September, October. Then our boat moves about 800, 900 miles north, gets up the Rio Negro, and the far regions of the upper region of the Rio Negro, that's where all the world records have been caught. Wow. Without question, we are in prime, prime, best, biggest bar peacock waters in the world. That's where they all come from. That's where we fish. But you got to have the mobility with your yacht to be shallow and fast. And I don't believe in a group over 16. It's too big of a group to manage. You're in the middle of nowhere. You're 500 miles to the closest road. And it's not, the road doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, Billy, I, I'm impressed by your uh, attention to detail. Now, again, the same th- question that I asked about fishing El Salto and Picacho. How do people get in contact with you, and what do you do in order to get people down to the Amazon, and what are their responsibilities for getting down there and back? Here's how we here's how we handle it. First of all, I'd like to send anybody interested the PDF file. It's about ten pages of information. It's pretty self-explanatory. It walks you through everything. From there, if it's a party of eight, I want to talk to each individual one by one and answer everybody's questions. From there, if you need references, we got them. From there, you go to anglersin.tv and watch our fishing reports. You're not going to believe how much footage I have gotten in the last three weeks just returning from brazil before christmas we got over 150 clips of 21 pounders 20 and a half what we're catching them on what their feelings were about the trip everything is shot on video we're we're going to be shooting that out starting in january and then i'll come back with another two or three hundred clips so we want you to hear it not only from billy chapman from our clients of how we do it, what to expect. Now, everybody's like, how many fish am I going to catch a day? Well, well, that could be 20, or that could be 100. 
the average fish per day peacock would be, say, 35 to 60 fish a day. A great day is 100. But you're talking 10-pounders, 9-pounders that fight like, you know, I mean, they're just powerful fish, and then all these other species mixed in. While you're fishing for peacock, you're going to catch another half a dozen to 10 different other species mixed in there. And we have the shore lunches. It's very, very high-end. You're not going to be roughing it. You want to bring your wife, your grandkids. We do a lot of that. A lot of grandpops are booking their grandkids. We're getting more and more couples every year. And speaking of couples, if you want to join a couple, now we're offering a couple week that worked out great. I had a bunch of couples from California, Mike Ishikawa, Mickey Ishikawa, 80 years old. They just got back. Mickey wasn't a fisherman. Mike's a hardcore fisherman. Mike goes to El Salto five times a year. He brought the wife. We brought them, the girls, to the villages. They got into the homes of the indigenous people there, what they ate, how they lived. They loved it. They fished a half a day and then toured the other half. Billy, unfortunately, this hour has gone by way too quick. We're going to have to leave now, but give us quickly the best way to get a hold of you and get information about fishing down in mexico or fishing amazon 1-800 got a fish that's g-o-t-a fish there's an extra letter in there but just call 1-800 got a fish go to anglersin.com anglersin.tv give us a call we'll answer all your questions if you want to talk to me personally i'm here until the 7th and then i'm back in the jungle until february late mid-february so Love all to talk right, to you. All right. Thanks for the opportunity. Billy, get in contact with us when you get on back because I want to hear how you did down there. And I can't thank you enough for being with us this evening to let us know about Anglers in, in Mexico and Anglers in, in the Amazon. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, John. Appreciate the time, sir. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, Stan and Wendy, that's it for tonight. You guys have a safe New Year, okay? Happy New Year to you, too. Happy New Year, everybody. We're gone until next year. All right. So on behalf of Stan, Wendy, Otto, Ben Harvey here at San Diego, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, Eddie McCune, and Mr. Paul Leader that helped keep us on the air all these many years. Guys, thank you for listening. We'll be back next year with more Rod and Reel Radio.